now this is a story all about how our tables got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, tell you how we became princes of a town called Eau Claire. In North Eau Claire, both born and somewhat raised on the tabletop is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, not cool at all, shooting some dice outside of the school. When a couple of guys who are no up to no good started playing games in my neighborhood. I got one little dungeon fight and my mom got scared. She said, you move into Mike's basement and now get over there. I whistled for a cab, and when it came near, the license plate said MFG cast, and it had DA dice in the mirror. If anything, I could say that this cab was rare, but I thought, nah, forget it, you're home, so Mike's Leia. I pulled up to the house about 7 or 8, and I yelled to the cabbie, you're home, we'll smell you later. I looked at my kingdom, I was finally there to sit on our thrones as the princess of motherfucking Eau Claire. Hey guys, it's episode 33. We're going to be talking about, well, welcome to the MFG cast, well, first of all. Um, Who are you? Hi, I'm Kurt. And Ooh. I'm Mike. Oh, hi, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just thought of that we never do that at the beginning of podcasts. <laughs> we should do that more, I bet. <laughs> yes. All right. So, episode 33, welcome, people. We're going to be doing uh, something a little bit different uh, this month. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing uh, what could game companies do better, what could local stores do better basically the gaming community in general we wanted to just have a fun little conversation on the things that bug us and what could be done better we're not going to make this into a total shit fest we're going to make it into something where we just kind of talk about the things that can make things easier on you know on uh, gamers and game companies and the gaming community alike so so we'll be doing that we won't do quite do through the years we'll just kind of talk about some things that that we're concerned about, and other people that uh, that have uh, voiced their opinion on Twitter and on uh, Board Game Geek. So we'll go through that, and then after that, this month we're going to skip weird games again. We're going to do a fun little game with Mike, and then if you guys want to bring out your pens and papers or your uh, or your phones, you can keep track. We're going to pl- play a little fun little game, and it's basically guess the game. We'll call it the MFG Cast game, and I'll tell tell you a little bit more about that at the end after. Our little discussion here, we'll actually do the review of Evolution by North Star Games, and then we'll have that fun little game, and then we'll let you go. But before we get into all of that, I'd like to tell you some ways you can help us out. This uh, podcast costs us a little bit of money, so if you want to help us out in any way you can, there's a couple ways you can do that. Uh, number one, you can go to Amazon, and you can do www.amazon slash mfgcast. Shop as normal, buy your games by your computers, by your luxurious houses, by your diamond-studded bras, you know, whatever you want. Just shop like normal. A little piece comes to us. It's not much, but it's enough to keep us going, and we appreciate it. Another way you can do it, too, go to Zazzle.com slash MFGCast. Got a redshirt team t-shirt on there. We also have bumper stickers for 5 bucks, pretty cheap. So if you want to do that, a little bit of that money comes towards us, too, and that would help us out quite a bit. So, uh, before we get into what uh, could the gaming community do better, let's get into now playing. All right, now playing. I will start first. Woohoo! Been playing quite a bit of games lately, which has been pretty fun. So, 
the first game I'd like to talk about is Puerto Rico. Um, I decided finally to go into the heavy Euro style games. Um, I played maybe not even, gosh, not even that many. I haven't even played, you know, I'm, I'm more of an Ameritrash kind of person. You know, I like, you know, I like my, as you've heard on the podcast, I like superhero games and, you know, I'm like, uh, fun little quick games and stuff like that, but I haven't been as into the Euro games. And I, I don't know if it's, if I'm afraid of, you know, playing an, you know, a two hour game or, or if maybe I'm just into what I'm into, but it, I'm very glad that I picked up Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, um, because it is super fun, and I I can realize why Board Game Geek has it as number five of the best games because it is super fun, and even though we only played it the one time, I cannot wait to play it again. So that was really fun. Another one we played is Crossmaster Arena. That one's really fun. If you if you're into video games and you know what Final Fantasy Tactics is. This board game is basically that. You have your little miniature guys. Um, they all have uh, special powers, and you can. They've got moves, actions, and different things. And then you know you basically move them from cell to cell, and then you fight against other players and stuff like that. And that is super fun. Another one. Finally got to play one of the games I've been waiting for for a long time. Finally got to play Rampage. Ramp or. Terror Meeple City, if you want to be lame about it. It's cool to finally play that. I loved the old video game, so it was kind of cool to play the board game and smash buildings and eat people and stuff like that. Even though it's a hell of a time, get, it takes you about an hour just to put the damn thing together, you know, and an hour to get it going. It was still really fun, and I actually got to play it with my family, too, so it was nice to... Uh, play that with Logan and see how much he loves to smash things with them too. A couple other things. Uh, picked up a game, and I don't remember if I talked about this, but uh, it's a f- fun little quick card game called uh, Slamwich, and it's uh, basically what it is. Is the cards are shaped like bread, and basically what you are, you're trying to make a sandwich. So if you have, um, they have different things like bacon and lettuce and stuff like that, and if you have two pieces of bacon together, cards together, you play w- one after another. Then if you have two pieces of bacon that come up together, you slam it and you, and you say double decker because it's two for a double decker. And then if you have, say you have a piece of bacon, then a piece of lettuce in the middle and another piece of bacon on the end, then you slap it and you go slamwich. And then you take it. And then there's another thing where there's um, there's robbers that are trying to steal your slamwich. So if you, or they're thieves is what they're called. And if they show up, the first person to slap it and go, stop thief! They get to take all the cards in the pile. So basically, anytime you get these different things, you get everything in the pile. So no matter how much it gets up, you get that many. And then the last thing is, is they've got um, oh, what do they call them? munchers? Is what they are. And uh, each muncher has one, two, and three. There's like a boy and a girl and a grandma. And uh, what happens is, if you have a muncher, you can take that pile. But if somebody has a different a different numbered muncher that's a higher number then they can put a muncher on top and slap it and take yours so it's fun little cute little game it was fun to play with my son i think it'd be kind of fun to play with like a bunch of people um i think that plays up to five or six players so it'd be kind of fun to get a lot of people into it and play it so so that was really fun got to play uh uh, Veluspa again by stronghold games finally got to play that after a long time i mean me and you mike we played that Gosh, I don't know how many times we played it. Yeah, it's been a while. Maybe one or two times, you know. And uh, at least two times. Yeah, and uh, I actually got to play this with uh, Tracy, and we finally used the Order of the Gods expansion. I forgot that I had the we used the expansion that came with the box, but we didn't use the Order of the Gods one. And played that, 
and just just the the way they use the tiles and to to upgrade it is it's really fun and it's one of those things where we don't play a lot of tile laying games so it's kind of cool to be able to play especially ones that we like you know we had mm-hmm. talked about Corkle and stuff like that the mm-hmm. ones that we didn't quite like but this one i think is super fun so that was fun to play and then was able to rent destiny again for my xbox 360 and man i forgot how much i like that game i just need to buy it because Every time I play it, it's just su- super fun to play. It doesn't get old, which is funny because it's the same. It's Bungie. It's the same guys that did uh, that did Halo, and I liked Halo for a little bit, but then I just it just got too fanboy for me, and for some reason, I just I couldn't stand it thereafter. And I I'm usually pretty on board with stuff like that, but I just I can't I could I can't stand Halo and all the people that are just super good at it and stuff like that. So it's kind of fun to play this game where you can play the le- play your one player story mode or whatever and then you can hop in on somebody else's thing it's just that to me is just so amazing and how awesome that it just it kicks right in you know it's like remember when you used to play online stuff like it'd be loading 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 and you're like finally you're in it you know this is just goes right to it i just i love it and uh it's funny too because it it doesn't have any blood in it or anything that's too bad you know so logan just wanted to watch me play it he's he's like usually he you know Every once in a while, I'll be like, Logan, I'm going to play a game that I that I want to play, and it's nothing bad. And I'm like, I'll just play this game, and if you want to play a game on the iPad, or if you want to watch a movie or something like that, you can go ahead. You know, uh, but this time he was just like, no, I don't want to do anything. I just want to watch you play. <laughs> so, so it's like, awesome. It's nice to have it. I had a day off with him, and we did that for a lot of the day, and it was like, this is weird, but awesome. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. So that's my now playing. What, did, what have you been playing, Mike? Um, well... The first few games that you mentioned, we played together, so I played Puerto Rico and Rampage and Crossmaster as well. We also played Evolution a few times this month, you know, three times, I think, yep. to in order to do our review later on. Other than that, for, like, board game type stuff, I really haven't played anything. I did pick up another app for my phone, of course. It's Transformers Tactics. Oh, nice. Which is kind of fun, because you earn little Transformers, and you have a team of four and it's kind of strategy back and forth. I mean, it looks like an RPG back and forth type battle. You know, oh, you have okay. four in a line, two in front and two in back on each side. I mean, you just you build them up like they start at a lower level, and you build them up with different coins and stuff. And it's fun. I mean, it's a time waster. I mean, it's not anything that I'll probably be playing forever. Yeah. It's just something that I picked up and kind of fun for now. Other than that, for like video game stuff uh playstation network actually had a huge flash sale this last weekend where everything was under a dollar nice so i picked up several things um i got season two of sam and max for like 90 cents wow a couple of matt hazard games that i haven't really gotten into yet and i don't know if they're going to be very good from what i can tell of them yet one's a side scroller and the other one's like a first person shooter okay trying to think of what else i got with that oh i got that game of thrones game not the game of thrones season game okay from telltale but the earlier one okay because that was like 80 cents i'd heard it's horrible (laughs) and i was like well it's 80 cents it's game of thrones yeah 80 cents 80 cents is worth a shot right yeah not not so terrible oh my god (laughs) worth 80 cents maybe maybe i don't know maybe if i wasn't playing it like kind of before bedtime Oh. But it was just kind of like you go up to people and they start talking to you. 
and they keep talking. Oh. And they keep talking yeah. and talking. It's like, oh my god, shut up. I do not care. Yeah. Give me my mission. I don't need to hear all this. I Pretty much I'm still in the first town right now. And yeah, I... Ugh. Yeah, I had one fight with some of the trainees and stuff, and it's just like the fighting system sucks. I, oh, <laughs> it's horrible. I don't even know if it's worth eighty cents. It might need to be in a landfill like the ET games. Oh man, yeah. And other than that, I got one more from that sale, but I don't think I tried it yet, so that's why I can't remember it. Okay. So, but yeah, other than that, I really haven't done a lot. Just playing the same app games on my phone. Yeah. Still playing. Avengers on Facebook, and that's about it. Wow. Yep. I can't believe you still play. You're still playing that actually. It's fun. They do events every month. Yeah. You know that you try to earn a new character. Right now, they actually just started one that's the Runaways. Oh wow. The whole storyline is a it's around the Runaways, and you have to use those characters. Wow. And if you don't have them unlocked, I don't have any of them unlocked because it takes quite a while to earn them, and I'm not going to buy them. They're too low of a level for you to do too much it's oh. just kind of like oh, i don't know that i like this right now. So, <laughs> nice yeah but, but it's it's cool to see like the runaways in a in game, a, in a game. like a you know a digital type of game like that they have all the characters you know they yeah. even have i think the dinosaur died a while ago yeah from what i know in the comics spoiler for anybody who's read it i haven't <laughs> but i heard that it died so that's why i'm thinking maybe i'm wrong i don't know nice but yeah it's just kind of cool that they have all of them in there so. yeah nice yeah well it, it just goes to show that you know obviously there's something out there because and and the fact that the marvel universe is so ridiculously big they're just mm-hmm. throwing out just every little thing you know like right. hey, oh here remember this hey let's check this out you know yeah i mean like last month one of the characters that you win for pvp battles was actually angela who is the angel from Spawn back in the day, the angel chick. Oh, wow. But she, from what I read, her rights went with the actual guy who wrote that character for Spawn. Okay. And he brought it to Marvel somehow, gotcha. some way. So now he's, she's Marvel, and she was on Guardians of the Galaxy for a while, and now they're playing her up to be as Guardian. Oh, wow. Like, something to do with Thor and stuff, which makes sense with, like, the way she's kind of decked out and stuff. Yeah. But it's really interesting, you know, yeah. for that crossover from Image to Marvel being yeah. a character. Yeah. And that she pops into the game, too. No so. kidding. Have you opened yeah. up Howard the Duck yet? No, he's not in it. Oh, so far. man, come on. But someday I wouldn't be surprised yeah. because they're getting a lot of just minuscule, minor characters, it seems like, at this point. So. Nice. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> that's what I know about it. All right, cool. All right, and that's for now playing. Hey, guys, Kurt from MGCast here. Um, we're going to do something a little differently from now on. In between our little segments here, we're going to have some plugs for some different things. So bear with me. It's gonna. It's not going to be anything that's going to be too boring. It's actually going to be stuff that you're probably going to want to take advantage of and take a look at. Right now, what I'd like to talk about is some, some games and stuff that you should take a look at. Um, right now, we're going to focus on Kickstarter. The first one I'm going to talk about is from, oh, I apologize if I get your name wrong, Eduardo, but I think it's Eduardo Boraf. Some of you people may know him. Um, he's uh, Ido on YouTube and he does a lot of uh, video uh, he does a lot of board game reviews and uh, he's actually made he's in the business of making games himself and I've been just kind of, we've been just kind of following him as he makes his game called The Siblings Trouble and this game looks gorgeous and I'm going to read I'm going to read off what 
the description is on Board Game Geek of the soon-to-be Kickstarter. I'm going to start uh, funding on April 14th, barring any setbacks for him. So The Siblings Trouble is a fast-paced, cooperative, card-driven role-playing game inspired by finding the mysterious places in your backyard. The Siblings Trouble boils down all the core elements of an RPG. Storytelling, exploration, discover, treasure, encounters, etc. Into a fun-to-play narrative romp with your family or friends. This is a 15-30 to minute narrative game that you can play as an icebreaker, in-betweener, or as a way to introduce storytelling and adventure games to new players. This is not a simplified, beginner version of Dungeons & Dragons. It is an experience unto itself which leverages the fun of pen and paper games and lets players have quick, fun adventures together. It's about grabbing a backpack, a sandwich, that monster you call a sibling, and heading out into the wilderness, leaving the comfort of home at your backyard. I've been just kind of keeping track of the art on this game ever since he's been getting it ready to go out, be kickstarted, and get funded. And it, I'm serious, it looks amazing. It looks fantastic. I'm going to look up and see who does who's doing the art on it because... Uh, as you guys know, art is always a big thing for me. Of course, you know, mechanics is a big thing also, but uh, it looks like he's got, it looks like uh, Eduardo has a couple of people that are designing it with him. Andy Ashcraft and Kim Robinson, and the artists are Adam Dix, Kellen Jett, and Mackenzie Schubert, if I got those names right. So, I mean, it looks great. I'm sure it's going to play great just because because it's a fast little Dungeons and Dragon-y kind of game, I'm sure it's going to be phenomenal. You know, it sounds like a fun game. So if you guys are interested in that, go out there on uh, April 14th, look for The Siblings Trouble. Um, you can always follow Eduardo Baraf. His Twitter is at E-B-A-R-A-F. E-B-A-R-A-F. You can also watch his uh, YouTube videos on his reviews. And he's also got some other things where he talks about some of the how the game processes are going and stuff like that. That looks like a great great game, and we uh, suggest you go take a look. Another th- another thing is we've got uh, Neon Sanctum. As you know, we interviewed Adam from Neon Sanctum, and their Kickstarter is going very well right now. Um, but we'd like to get that funded as soon as possible. So if you guys are interested in that, it's a role playing game that uses cards and ten sided dice. And it's phenomenal. It's like cyberpunk meets the de-evolution of humanity. And it's just what's in between. And, you know, it's the fight over basically a survival of the fist. But it's also uh, um, a world where cybernetics is key. So um, right now it looks like uh, out of 12,000 pounds, it's at almost 5,000. So we'd like to get that pushed over the edge. Um, right now, it's only got it's still got 23 days to go, so I'm sure it'll be funded. But get in on this, and you know, although you get the uh, $50 American, you get the neon non, the neon sanctum core box, two player decks, an item deck, and an NPC deck. You can also, if you um, pledge high enough, you can actually get a unique non player character that will be included. So you can actually get that created for yourself. And there's other things that you can get there too as you know we are if you're not sure on it just go back and listen to our go back to our interview with adam Waite and get all the details i mean it's it's a fantastic it's a lot of bang for your buck it is a great game because we played it and even though we didn't play the full version we know what the art looks like we know what what's in between and we know what's great so we um, encourage you to go out and fund it and also, if you need any information on how it's going or if you want to follow those guys, it's at, at Neum Sanctum on Twitter and find them on Facebook. 
All right, and lastly, I want to talk about a Kickstarter that's coming out in the near future. It's coming out April 17th. It is Dreams of Dystopia by Mayday Games. This is a post-apocalyptic deck-building game with a twist. Dreams of Dystopia is a deck-building game for two to four players. It adopts a similar system as many other games in that genre like Dominion and Thunderstone. These games all have in common that each player starts with the game with a small identical deck which will be customized and enhanced following countless different strategies as part of actual gameplay. But what makes Dreams of Dystopia so unique, there are two major differences to the older run-of-the-mill deck builders. First, the win condition is not the usual victory point collecting. Instead, the goal is simple. Reduce your opponent's master's life points to zero before they can do the same to you. This may be standard in many trading or or customizable card games, but is a rather new approach in a deck building type of game and leads to very heavy combat aggressive gameplay, and a ton of player interaction, which some of the older games of the genre were lacking. The second new feature in Dreams of Dystopia is something completely unique and never heard or done before. In Dreams of Dystopia, each card has two alternate sides, one depicting the divine side and the other the demonic version of the same card. So then what you can do is you can you can decide if you want to be divine or demonic. The choice is yours. When you are facing the choice of sides at the very beginning of the game upon choosing one out of six different masters who act as your avatars in the game each of them has a divine and demonic side and your initial choice will greatly predetermine how you will be building your deck over the course of the game which strategies you will be trying to pursue and etc over the course of the game you will be recruiting by buying from the central supply of cards minions that can be used in three different ways and also come as double-sided cards Uh, lastly the game includes eight different weapons cards Again, each with a divine and a demonic side with different or alternating sides. These are used to boost your minions during combat or give them additional abilities. Of course, again, same thing here. Cards look phenomenal. Uh, The art was done by Robert Misfit Moldeski, who is a freelance artist from Chicago. He Here in the near future, we're actually going to be interviewing him, whether it be on the mics Um, on our website so look out for that we're going to talk about this game it looks i mean again it looks phenomenal the cards are very so uh, again it's you know just like your it's got a a lot of aspects that are kind of like your run-of-the-mill deck building game but it's also got some uh different little aspects of it again the art is is phenomenal it's got it's all got a very dark and almost spooky like fun little look to them and even though it's got the you know the um, divine side they still look pretty menacing so it's uh it's a fun little cool little game it'll be nice to uh, talk to robert about how he came up with uh, the art on this um also if you want to follow if you want to follow robert he actually has his own twitter and uh, he actually does his he actually does uh commissions he he can it looks like he does a lot of comic book stuff from what I've seen, I've seen a couple of uh, different things that he had, th- things that he's done, and he is a phenomenal artist. So if you guys want to reach out to him for that, or also he does stuff for games too, you can reach him on his on his uh, Twitter account, which is at Misfits FF Spot. So M I S F I T S F F S P O T. All right, thanks guys for listening to a little. Sp- kickstarter spotlight and now back to the show all right let's get to the topic at hand all right so we're going to talk about some things that uh bug us about the board gaming community and other things in particular asked a few things uh on board game geek and on twitter unfortunately nobody said really anything on twitter 
I think Twitter is more for just throwing out statements and not right, and not answering and not asking questions. But that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I, I, we love our fan base, and you know, there's a lot of great people there. So I can't I can't talk crap about them. But I did ask a few questions on Board Game Geek and got a lot of responses. And I just have to apologize if I do not if I do not include you in it. But I want to thank everybody that that helped out. The questions that I went for are: What could the game board community do better? And that for that, I had a couple of uh, nice folks on Board Game Geek reference me to another conversation that had just prior been asked. So it was basically me asking the same thing. And I do thank you for that. But I'm not going to read anybody's stuff off of that just because I feel like I'm just using somebody else's stuff right. and I don't want to take that away from them. So, but I did write down a few things that, a few comments that I kind of got from there and I'll use that. Um, another thing I asked was, what could game companies do better about their comp- their components and box setup? Now, the, I know that's a big one, because <laughs> when I went to print out some of these answers, it was going to give me 14 pages of answers, and you know what? I had to stop it after a while, because mm-hmm. otherwise we'd be talking for like five days. Another thing I asked was, what could your local game store do better? had quite a bit of responses there. There A lot of heartfelt stuff, so it'll be kind of cool to go through that. So we'll kind of go through those, and we'll kind of talk about what we think, and if there's anything else that you guys that you guys think of that you want to talk about, uh, let us know on Twitter. Send us something on our mfgcast3 at gmail.com, and we can always comment, comment on it next month, too. Uh, so thanks to everybody for that. So, Mike, I'll let you... Decide where we want to go first. Do you want to do game? What game can wait? Ugh, sorry. What? Let me take a drink of water. All right. <laughs> Talking is a lot of work. All right. What could game companies do better about their components and their box setup? What local game stores could do better, or just stuff in general about the gaming community itself? Well, you know, I could go on for years about game components and box setup. <laughs> So, if you want to talk should about we, that, that's Should we start fine. there? Yeah. All right. We'll start we'll start there. We'll try to shorten it up a little bit. I know we'll probably talk for a while, but let's try to hit just hit some uh some uh some good points. Uh most most of what what I saw when I was reading some of the comments that I had was more about the box itself. Okay, whether it be not enough room for the components in the box. Mm-hmm. Whether it be what exactly, where exactly do these go once I punch this stuff out and once these meeples are out and once these bags are empty? So we're talking about Fantasy Flight. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Sorry, Fantasy Flight. A lot of people commented on that. Also, love your games. You have awesome games, but your boxes suck. Like yeah. every every box that you get is the same square box, and there's like two platforms on the side, and the middle is open. Except for X-Wing's a little bit different, but even that, the trays... I, the starter set, you've got three spots for the original ships, but then it's just kind of throw stuff in there, wherever, in the random trays. And, yeah, I... I ugh, sorry, but, yeah. <laughs> That's just the way I feel about it. I'd like, like, not to derail, like, where we are, but yeah, I, I'm talking about the subject. I like games that, for instance, Evolution, that we're going to talk about this month or quarriers as a good example where their box is big enough that they have spots even that they know they're going to have future content and there's spots for that stuff there's empty room for that stuff in there like this box for evolution has a spot for 
another deck of cards that they know is going to come out in the future. Or couriers, like, I still don't have all my slots filled in with all the spots you can put dice in that box. I mean, that's the thing, is couriers did a really good job, because that's, like, the second version of that game. Because I know when I got the very first version of that game, it was just that metal collector cube. Mm -hmm. You just kind of tossed everything in there. Yeah. And then they listened to their fans, they made a box that is awesome. So that's what I think about box setup. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I agree. Uh, somebody wrote on uh, Board Game Geek, um, Mark Nelson Jr. wrote that, uh, you know, he was talking about that stuff, and uh, he said, all I, want, all I want the insert to do is hold up the board. Custom inserts are cute, but lead to loose pieces flying around the box. Just give me the maximum amount of space, and I'll figure out how to use it. Well, that, to me, that's not exactly what it's all about. And he listed uh, Smash Up the Big Geeky Box as an example, and he put it on a put a uh, okay. picture up, yeah. and it reminds me of like Legendary, where it's got it's got the you know the rows for the cards and the other little components. It com- it comes with the little card separators, copper separators, which are actually really nice, but the little foam that you could use to do that that kind of stuff that's not really that awesome, and it would be nice like. With your example, with the couriers, it would be nice, like, with the dice, how they fit so nicely mm-hmm. and everything, you should have something like that for cards, too. Yep, slots. I mean, they could make a thin little piece of plastic to stick in between different stacks that they know. They know how big the stacks are going to be, like in Legendary, yep. for instance. That's the thing with Legendary. It's awesome. Like, they set up that box to have room for all their future expansions, pretty much. I mean, there's a ton of room in there problem is if you don't have those future expansions it doesn't come with foam or anything to put in there if you're going to take that game anywhere you flip that game on its side usually to stack it up yes dumps it all over in there yep and then you're sorting your cards out anyway yep. so there has to be a better way to do it yep. i guess yeah especially in the case of legendary where you're paying 50 60 dollars i understand I understand the cost for the cards. I understand the cost for the license. I know. Mm-hmm. I understand the whole thing, but at the end of the day, when I've got all that stuff, and you talked about when that thing tips over, and you don't, you know, let's just say you're you're so you're so you know you're mad about that, you're upset about that. So then you go maybe go online and you get a custom insert or something like that, or if you decide to be Mister Mister Wizard and make your own thing, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's still a decent amount of money that you're using to try to make this game how you want it to be. And I understand nothing is perfect. There's going to be some of those games out there. No matter what you do, it's going to either be it's going to be a mess, you know, or you know, it's and sometimes it's hard to complain about stuff because you know, you know, say you pay thirty bucks for a game, you know, you you can't really complain too much, I guess, because you're paying a lower lower price for lower pieces and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's just one of those things where. I just it would be nice if they just thought that much more easier. And I guarantee you the board game community is enough of I'm trying to think of the word. They're I don't want to say smart enough cuz that just makes me makes makes me sound like I'm saying other people are stupid, but you know, they're oh, why can't I think of this? I'm trying to pull that out of my brain. I know exactly what I'm trying to say, but and now I'm blinking. Awesome. Um <laughs> but it's one of those things where oh Gamers would have that much more of a respect for a company that knew what they were doing with their box. 
information, you know? Because, you know, like like you said, if you see this evolution, you see the box setup, and you see how amazing it is, you're probably going to check out the next thing that they come up yep. with because... It makes me feel like that company cares. Yes. Like, they take the time. Yep. Like, okay, once again, not to say Fantasy Flight, you, you make awesome games. I will say that. Their stuff is awesome. But it just feels like throwing stuff in the box, you yep. know? I mean... It's not much more effort, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's to keep costs down a bit. I don't know. To not have to make like a custom insert for the stuff. Yeah. But like, I have that. Um, oh, what is the game? It's the the Elder Sign. Yeah. Elder Signs like that. It has just those two panels and that thing in the middle yeah, and there are right. so many freaking tokens so many that tokens thing. yep it's just ridiculous so all, all you all you would have to do is even if in the inside it is plastic you can still have little round spots for your little, little round tokens stuff, you can yeah. have this you can have that you know uh somebody else commented and i'm sorry i if i dice roll um commented that he's talking about baggies doesn't know which once you dump out the baggies you don't know exactly which goes where so if you had a little number that's all you'd have to do even a little stupid little sticker that says one, two, yeah. three, then you know this goes with this, this goes with that, you know? So that kind of stuff is, I think, is always, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's so simple to me. But for some reason, game companies have been not very good at that for a very long time. So, you know, hopefully that can change. Another thing which I didn't I didn't think about until someone else came up with this, uh, DJ, DJN, uh, 1981 said enough space to store everything but not too much space now that that's is, where legendary is that is a know. big thing where it's like i understand like maybe you're gonna do ex, you know expansions and that kind of thing but if you're gonna do that allow for the stuff to fit in nicely instead right. of just being all over the place you know oh. and, and you don't need this big box mm-hmm. for more bang for your buck if there's nothing in it right you know like i would rather have legendary have come in a smaller box that fit the original game yeah and then the first expansion or whatever that's got the bigger box yeah that then fits your original game and everything new yeah. you know that makes i sense. mean because then you can get rid of your old box store everything into that one right. box and be fine with it rather than the other way around it just doesn't make as much sense to me because like you got all that stuff flopping around in there where you wouldn't if you've got the right amount of room in your box right away, I guess. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, that's where I'm different at evolution. Like I had said with the box, it's got enough room for the expansion. That expansion seems like it's pretty small. Yeah. There's there's a small spot for a small deck of cards. Mm-hmm. It's not like Legendary where it's spacious, huge amounts of room, yeah. just empty space inside the box that's four cards, but then makes all the stuff that you've got fall over the place. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there is a fine line between you know those things i guess mm-hmm. uh that brings up another point for me that and that is uh components of a game that are a little bit upgraded uh hawk six on board game geek said uh plastic or even metal coins instead of cardboard cutouts plastic and metal pieces instead of cardboard cutout cardboard cutouts too you know you know upgrading the board even even you know laminating a board or getting it double-sided uh, this you know a couple people have talked about the double sided board and a lot of people have said that if you upgraded a little bit more they would pay they would ha- you know handsomely pay a little bit more for that I, i'm on the fence with that okay i can see i can see having an upgraded board cuz that's awesome you know to have that stuff if you're really into the game 
but I think that if you don't have the cheaper version, you're not going to reach as wide of an audience, I think. I think it would be nice if they could do both. Like you have a cheaper version, say you sell in Target, and then you have the more expensive version that's in Games by James or something like that, you know, that's got the metal and all that stuff in it. Just to appeal to a bigger crowd and, you know, new gamers aren't going to go out and spend hundred bucks on a game, you know, you have to almost be totally catering to very seasoned gamers that know exactly what they want for somebody to shell out for a game. Because even if that game has really awesome components to it, unless it's something that I really, really know that I'm going to like, I don't want to spend that much money for it. Mm-hmm. Like that Star Wars Assault, whatever it is, just you know that newer one that came yeah. out that's like it's like a close Imperial to hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I would probably pay for that because I kind of know what I'm getting into and it's got the Star Wars license on. Yeah, it. I would be more likely for that type of thing. But if it was something like that and just kind of a random theme, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I would be like, oh. I'm going to spend a hundred bucks on this game, you know, (laughs) Um, unless I had played it somewhere with somebody, you know, or really done some research and looked at tons of videos online and stuff. But other than that, I don't know. People aren't going to, normal people aren't going to shell out for it. You're going to just be elite gamer gamers, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's hard. I, you know, I think at a, at like your local game store, I, I don't think it, that's that big of a deal. I think there's going to be you know some of those people, and it's going to be like this no matter what. Where people go in and they see you know like sixty bucks for this. Well, what exactly am I getting for that? You know, mm-hmm. start that Star Wars game is a good example of it doesn't matter because someone will just see oh Star Wars. I know mm-hmm. this person likes Star Wars. I'll just get it for him. You know, but you get into the games like this Evolution. You know, it looks cool, um, but. You know, a lot of people don't know about games. So, you know, there's going to be yeah. some people that go in and go, okay, well, if I know this person would really, really like the, what this game is all about, then I'll take a chance. Otherwise, they'd be like, yeah, I, I mm-hmm. just don't know what that's about. You know, a lot of it's, you know, word of mouth. You know, it's funny because um, when, I, when I asked the first general question about what could, you know, game, what could the gaming community do better and stuff like that and what do, don't we need more of and stuff like that. So someone was, you know, I don't know if they were kidding or being being a troll, but they were like, you know, no more podcast or something like that. And I was like, well, number one, fuck you. And uh, <laughs> uh, number two, as many board game podcasts as there are, are out there, as many people are on Board Game Geek, as many people as, as play board games, it still feels very underground. It still feels very niche, you know, because there's, you know, it's still not as out there as maybe it should be, you know, there's been some things that have really helped, you know, like podcasts have been really on the rise. Videos have been on the rise. Tabletop, tabletop has, you know, grown it pretty exponentially, but you know, still there, I, I think that the more the merrier, you know, like month to month here. Now, what I want to do is I want to, 
talk about more things that we like, you know, and and you guys will find out when we do. We'll kind of put some spots in where we'll talk about some games that we like. We'll talk about some blogs that we like. I also want to talk about some podcasts that we like. You know what? You like listening to us? You like to listen to this, you know? And it's like I listen to game podcasts, you know, and I try, you know, I try not to listen to too many because I don't want to steal anything that someone else has done. But I guarantee you, even if I haven't heard of what they're doing, there's probably something I'm doing right, something we're doing right now that somebody else has done and other people have done before them, but I think the more and the more that we talk about this stuff, the more it gets out there. So then the more you would find out about, like, we're talking about evolution, where there'd be somebody be like, what the hell is this? I've never heard of this game. Mm -hmm. So it'd be kind of cool to bring that out, you know? So another thing which I thought was good point and directly affects Mr. Mike, BW Engrave commented, making games that colorblind people have trouble with is limiting your customer base. So I want I want you to talk to that. Does, is that something that is that something that really impedes your gameplay, or is that just something you're just kind of like, well, you know, I can kind of. I don't think make it, it impedes my gameplay that much. I mean, I don't think I've ever found a game that I couldn't play because of being colorblind. Because being colorblind doesn't mean that you can't see colors. It just means that you mix up some colors. So, in my case, I might mix up like red, green, and brown. You know, those colors, or blue and purple. Blues and purple, like if there's a blue guy and a purple guy, that's <laughs> horrible. Unless it's, like, very, very distinctly different, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, like, say the purple guy's dark and the light guy's, like, a robin's egg blue, mm-hmm. you know? Then then you know. I know which one's which. Yeah. But it doesn't really impede me so much. Like, usually in those cases, you're picking out... A color for yourself or whatever there's not usually instances where you have to use all those colors and then get really confused mm-hmm. and if there is a problem i say hey guys what color is this mm-hmm. and somebody will help you out i mean unless you're at a whole table full of colorblind people and nobody can figure it out yeah which in that case i would suggest i guess getting out some paint and painting your pieces <laughs> you know how many ever you need, one color, and leaving the rest, you know, the other colors so that you can differentiate yourself. I guess yeah. I I don't I don't really see that big of a deal with it. Okay, as far as I'm concerned, like I said, unless for some reason there was some game that everything was blue and purple, and you know it was like checkers with blue and purple, and that was it. I wouldn't know what's going on, <laughs> but I've never seen a game like that, so. Very good uh, yeah. on checkers to do red and black. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that might have directly something directly to do with you because you have glasses. Games with tiny text on the components also limit your customer base. I don't well, have problems with tiny text. But that could be people that have... Oh, I can't remember. I'm nearsighted because I can see near. So farsighted people... Yeah, so farsighted people that can't see up close, I can see where that might be a problem. But for me, I can actually see better up close if I take my glasses off. Okay. So that's not an issue for me. As much as it doesn't have an effect on me because, you know, my eyes are perfect. No, because it's just something that I don't have to deal with. But that in the same instant, that is kind of annoying to have, you know, tiny text. And I understand there's, there's some reasons for it. You know, there's... Pictures are, you know, more important in, on cards or on different things, you know. But, I don't know, I, somehow I think you could probably do better than that. I don't know, so. all I've got, to, I want to add to that is just, sure. all I've got to say on tiny text, like, 
I guess I've never seen a game that has had such tiny text that I haven't been able to really read it or comprehend it. No. But if there is, I guess, get a magnifying glass? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I think people's eyes are so different. You can't make, like, giant size print like there's giant size print in different books. I, I don't think you would do that with most games, unless it was some really, really popular game. Like, I could see if there was a lot of text in Settlers of Catan, because it's a hugely popular game. Mm-hmm. I could see them maybe being like, okay, we'll make a, a large size text. Yeah. Game, version of the game, mm-hmm. but I can't see a lot of games that aren't nearly as followed doing that. They're yeah. going to have one size of font, and yep. that's it. That's and it. If it, you know, they're going to make it so that it can fit on whatever the component is. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, for sure. Oh, now the other thing I, I remembered actually is if you're going to, you know, have these, you know, have us, you know, spend this money on stuff, really. You know, really think about, you know, what you're putting into it. Like, you know, when and I remember we complained about this a lot when the DC deck building came game came out. It was very like the the in the middle was very plastic, which is fine, but there was like nowhere to really put anything. It was just kind of like on the side here. It kind of told you what the different colors meant and it had a you know certain thing on it. Then the cards sat in there. There was no real anything to it. You know, mm-hmm. and if if I didn't really care that much for DC, and I got I had gotten this for a present, I would have been like, "What is this? I don't I don't want this." It's just it was just it's just a little too. I don't know. I'll say it. It's just a little too shitty for a game that should be better. And it's Cryptozoic, so they obviously know what they're doing. So they should be able to ter- really you know put out something that's just a little bit more upgraded than what they had. There's been some Cryptozoic games that I haven't liked so much too. Yeah. So they're uh, hit or miss. Yeah, that Walking Dead game, the TV show one. With yeah, the, the cool. I like the Rolly Mat, the mouse pad board. That was yep. a cool thing. But that game, uh, yeah. Um, and the card and the cards were nice because of the show pictures right. on them or yep. whatever. But yeah, another thing we had talked about too is like with the Dice Master stuff. You know, could it could it just thrown in two felt bags you know would have been you know if you pop it up to 20 bucks fine you know but still you know it's just one of those things where it's just just know your audience you know especially with you know games like that with like those dice games and stuff like that you know people are if people are into that kind of game they're probably into collecting you know so they you know give them a little bit something else you know the thing that disappointed me with those bags with that the reason why it disappointed me is because it's the same company that made Couriers, you know, who put out felt bags right away with Couriers. Yep. So they knew what they were doing. They they knew that that was a good route to go, but instead they gave you the little paper popcorn bags, and I, that just really bothered me. I think if it was a startup type of company that... You know, it was some different company that hadn't really done that before, and they did that with the paper bags. I'd give them more of a pass, but since it's a company that has done this before and did it better the last time, that's what really bothered me. Yeah. Why, why, why crap on it? You know? Yeah, exactly. So. You know, you know your fan base. You know what they like. So why change it? Yep. You know. Another thing that I remembered also is if you're going to have a game that has a lot of text in the instructions. Have your Cliff's Notes on the side. Puerto Rico was a very good example of that. They had all this, la 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 la. <laughs> here's this, here's that, here's this, here's that. On the right, it was, this turn you do this. 
this turn you do that. This turn you, a lot of games miss the boat on that. Well, I think that that company probably learned through the years mm-hmm. because I have an old, old version of one of their games called Blackbeard that I got maybe in the 90s, late 80s. I'm not sure. But um, it has a paper book, and it's maybe 36 pages long. And it's just, there's some pictures and stuff, but it's just all text through it. There's not really any, like, short version of the rules. It's just, if you are trying to figure something out, you almost have to look through the whole book again to figure out where it is. So I think that that company through the years, which is it's Rio Grande, right? Rio Grande, yeah. Yeah, um, I think through the years they probably learned how to do it well. Because mm-hmm. that's always the thing. Like when you said Puerto Rico, I'm like, ooh, Rio Grande Games is going to be a huge freaking book that was going to take forever to learn. Yeah. But it, they had very good instructions in there. And I, w- I would think probably their older versions of the game's the game probably didn't have that good of instructions. Yeah. And that's what's always kind of kept me away from the Euro games because it's like, are they going to have a huge instruction book? And it's nice to see that they have done that, you know, actually catered to the gamer, making it easier, easier for the gamer to learn, but also, like, anybody that has non-gamer friends is going to have an easier time of getting their friends to play Puerto Rico because it's got way easy to follow rules now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, an example of something that were it had me, it had me and then it lost me and then it had me is Crossmaster Arena, the one game we talked about. It's got um, a couple of uh, example plays. So they're like, okay, do this, do that, do this. And then it has how to play. And then it has in the back the easy to do instructions of what to do, what to do, what to do, you know? So it was like one of those where it was like, okay, what am I doing here? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay. So it's like, it's almost like it plays out like a video game. It's like, all right, first I'm going to have you do this real fight. Okay. While we're doing this real fight, I'll tell you what's going on. Da, 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 da. And then they do a couple of more. And then it's like, bam, here's all these instructions of what to do, what to do, what to do. And it's like, oh my gosh, a lot of reading, a lot of reading. And then at the end, it's got those things where it's like shortened, do this, do that, do this, you know, and it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, <laughs> you know, it's like, if you want to do that stuff where it's like, here's some example fights, well, why don't you put that at the end, right? you know, and, and then at the beginning, do like, same thing with like the Puerto Rico, just be like, here's your, here's all your text, but then here's your little cliff notes, you know, here's all your text, here's your little cliff notes, you know, yeah. and then at the end, be like, here's a couple of f- fights to get you into the game, you know, or even... Along those lines, that first page says, hey, if you don't want to read through the instructions, you just want to jump into it, go to page whatever. Yep. You know, that's all it really needs. Yep. Another thing, too, that I really like is when games have the cheat sheet inserts for each player. Yeah. Love that. Mm -hmm. I wish every game did that. And I know that's hard to do. A lot of times when you're thinking out of, of a game, you're trying to think of every little thing, and sometimes things miss out, but just would be nice to have that. Yep. Added thing to help out you know anybody you know and and me i will admit i'm one of those dumb guys that if i don't have the simplest of instructions sometimes i get lost you know it's just how my brain works you know i'm very my right brain is working a lot better a lot more than my left brain you know so just one of those things trying to think if there's anything else i can think of i think we've talked everyone's ear off about this subject all right i guess so all right so let's go into uh, what our local game stores can do better. Quite a quite a few answers from that. 
Um, is there anything that you can think of off the top of your head, Mike? I don't really usually go to the local game <laughs> stores, to be honest. Um, I think the last time I was to a game store, I don't, I don't really... What I consider a game store, a local game store, isn't Games by James, because mm-hmm. that's so corporate, really, compared yeah. to your local, local game store. But Games by James is the last place that I was at, which was over a month ago. The last time I was to a local game store, it's probably been over a year. I usually order my games online. The last time I was at Games by James, like I like going and looking at them, but I hate when they walk up to you and tell you, they're like, oh, what are you looking for? Oh, this game's awesome. This game's... It's like, I'm here. I know what I want to look at. Mm-hmm. I don't need your suggestions. I'll ask for suggestions if I need them. Leave me alone. I've got a game in my hand, and they're telling me all about it and how to play it. Yeah, It's like, I, I don't need that. I no. will look at the book when I open the game, when I get it home, when I'm playing with my friends. I, I don't need that. So... That's my rant against the games by James. I don't know that you get that so much with your local game store. They seem a little bit quieter, as far as what I've noticed anyway. Usually, like, when I've been to a local game store, you just kind of get that, like, people look up at you, and maybe somebody will say, hey, and then you look at stuff, and then you can just leave without anybody even talking to you Mm -hmm. if you're not going to buy anything, which is also not that great. Yeah. Because a lot of times there's nobody even behind the counter. So it's like, if I want something, and there's a whole bunch of people sitting at tables, for instance, and I haven't really been there, I don't know which one of you works at the store. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be like, hey, you guys that are playing that game over there, can somebody help me? Because I would feel really weird if somebody came into a store and asked me stuff. I know one time somebody did that when I was shopping at a store. This lady thought I worked there, and she came up to me, and she's like, oh, well, do you guys have this? I'm like, I don't work here. I'm sorry. I don't know. know? So it would be the same type of thing. Were you at Target with a red shirt? No, I was uh, at a different store. (laughs) And I was not dressed like any of the employees. It's just very weird. But, yeah, I mean, so it's very different experience in those places right. so i think that could that could be something at a local game store that could be done a little better is don't hassle me about something because they i i haven't had that at a local game store but also do at least say hey do you need something you yep. know do you need help with something because like a lot of times the local game store will have that glass case right there as far as the ones around here anywhere yeah and you're looking at the stuff behind it and stuff. Nobody's going to ask me if I am interested in anything behind there to look at or anything. And I'm looking around, obviously. I'm just going to leave if nobody comes up yeah. and asks me something. So that's my thing on those. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's a, that's a slippery slope. I I work in retail, so it's it's hard to have that balance, you know. Mm-hmm. Basically what you want to do is you want to let people know that you're around. You don't want to be too pushy because you know what? We've mm-hmm. all been there. You know, you get the, the games by James example is very, very good example. You know, we get the same, the person that talks your ear off about something that you have in your hand. And it's like, okay, you should probably think that if I have this in my hands, I'm probably going to get it. You don't mm-hmm. have to talk to me about that. Maybe you talk to me about something else, you know? Next time, just put it down on the shelf and be like, eh, I don't think I want to Yeah, exactly. You talked me out of it. <laughs> yeah. 
but you're uh, you're right on about uh, the other aspect of it at a local game store. We have two local game stores. Uh, one is a little more prevalent than the than the other, in my opinion. Um, but Are the there other only two now, or is it three? There's two. Well, it de- is the one on water still there. There's three. Okay. It's moved. Okay. And I forget where I. I'm sorry, I forget where it moved to. Okay. But there's three. I I haven't been to that one in a very very Maybe. long time, yeah. so I don't remember. But um, there's the other one that's not as big is starting to kind of starting to come up and they move to they move to another location and they're beefing themselves up the other one that i think it's a little bit better they're rebranding their name it's only a little bit of a change but they're starting to do a little bit more which is cool but at this other place is a place where you can go and you can um they have like 30 different types of soda which is kind of cute if you're a kid and you want to try something new so at the time when they were in the old location they had some old school video games that you could play so you go in play video games for free i'd buy a soda for me i'd buy a soda for logan we play some games and stuff like that there would be a few times that i'd go in i'd walk in who works here i have no fucking clue right because nobody's behind the counter there's a bunch of people playing magic usually whatever and then when you want to play something like you know we're wanting to play those games it's like yeah can i get this oh yeah sure then you give me one thing and i'd be like i'm missing something else can i have that you know and then it was like it was almost like i could have just went behind the counter punched in my order took took all the money nobody would have noticed you Mm -hmm. know so in that aspect that's a that's a really you know, again, it's a real slippery slope. You know, I, what you should do is you should be again. You should say, "Hey, this is this is who I am." If somebody's looking at something, hey, can I help you out? If no, hey, my name is Kurt. I'll help you out. Whatever you need, you know, that should be it. You yep. know, but if it's yes, then hey, here, let me tell you a little about this, a little bit that about that. Hey, there's some sales stuff. Bam, mm-hmm. you're good. You know, I mean, and it all depends on personality too. You know, if you go go up to somebody and say, you know, hey, hey, my name is Kurt. Can I help you? No. Okay. Well, you don't look like you're very helpful, so I'll just say, I'm here if you need, and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, and if there, but if there's someone that's like, um, but I'm looking for something for my little kid, then you, then you know that you need to sell somebody something because they're in there for a specific reason. Yep. You know, another thing that I will speak from experience, and I know a, a, a bunch of people have talked about is food options. Food options is very, I don't know, it's a very touchy subject, I think. Because a lot of times you go in those local places, sometimes they'll let you bring stuff from outside, sometimes they won't. Um, I know this other place that I went to, they had basically like frozen food. You know, something you could have pulled out of your fridge and be like, oh, here's a frozen chicken sandwich. I'm sorry, I don't want. I don't want that. Right. You know, I can get that at my house. Mm-hmm. You know, I I appreciate that it's available, but at the same at the same token, that's just I don't know. To me, there needs to be a little something different. Right. You know, another thing a lot of that a lot of people talked about was you know try try to have some of the newer games. You know, don't just have the same 15 games you've had for three months. You know, try to be you know try to Say, you know what, this one isn't quite doing as well. Let's put 15% off, get it out the door. Mm-hmm. You know, that that could also be true for like a Games by James. Because a lot of times you go in there and you see some things that you're just like, 
I know that this shouldn't even be here. <laughs> you know, you're, you're like you see that game that just collects dust. You mm-hmm. know, and that was another thing that had been uh, uh, referenced a lot is overall upkeep of a place. You know, it's like if you want all these people to come in and you know be proud of the store that they that they are in. You gotta ha- you gotta have it look like how you know how they would perceive you. You know, right. you don't want to you don't want to have it look like. Hey, you're coming over to my house, and I had just, you know, and I will say this not to be cocky, but sometimes I feel like my house is way cleaner than, you know, you know, and than some of these places that, you know, where they have all this clientele that they're supposed, it's, you know, it's a public business mm-hmm. that's supposed to bring in all these people. Well, know? yeah, I mean, it's, I know we've made fun of it before, and <laughs> there are some smelly gamers out there. Mm-hmm. I we all know that. Yeah. We've, if you've been to a game store. You know, unless it's like upscale game store, but one that people are sitting around, a lot of people, there's going to be some BO in there. Yeah. You could have like some air fresheners or something going, you know, to at least mask it a little bit. I mean, it's not like you're, as a store, going to go up to people and be like, hey, you kind of smell, here's some deodorant, you know, but (laughs) there could be something because that's just, I, how do I want to say it? It's just, hurting your business when somebody comes in and the first thing that they do is smell some BO. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, air fresheners aren't that hard. They're not that expensive. They're not that hard to put in. I mean, get a freaking Sensi and put it in. Yeah. You know? yeah, exactly. They're pretty powerful. It's not, I mean, you can get them at Walmart, mm-hmm. not Sensi brand, but whatever, same type of thing. Yeah. It would cover up the scent pretty well. Yeah. So... And, and, you know, and this goes to, this is a, you know, a PSA to anybody out there that think about that for yourselves too, you know, I, I will admit I'm not this, I'm not the best smelling person ever, you know, there's sometimes where I can be pretty damn rank, but you know what, if I have to put a little on a little more deodorant, if I have to spray something on myself to mask that odor and I, I know that it can be masked and not be too, you know, ridiculous, I will do that, you know, because I gotta think about other people you can't just think about yourself especially mm-hmm. if you're in that type of community you know that kind of type of set you know yeah which goes to the gamer community question i guess yeah you know that's yeah. something that not even not even just that not even just smell but like respect other players yes like if somebody's got a little bit of different opinion or maybe they interpreted the rules a little bit differently no reason to like belittle somebody or attack them mm-hmm. or fight them or whatever you know you should be civil be a knight in your D D. you yeah, know yeah. be the paladin <laughs> <laughs> instead of the troll yeah and the hobgoblin yeah exactly and that's a good point i'll i'll kind of uh i'll kind of go off of what you were saying there too that's that's something that's a lot of times has you know, I don't know about you, Mike, but has kept me from some of these places, some of these mm-hmm. game places. There's very you know? elite people sometimes that it's very. I don't want to be around that person. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep, and I will even say this when I ask these questions on Board Game Geek and stuff like that. You'll get a couple of people that just give you one of those answers, and it's like, what exactly is that doing for you? What mm-hmm. exactly is that doing for us? You know, what's that doing for me? Nothing. You know, it's making me upset. It's you know maybe making you happy for five seconds, but then again, then you know what? What exactly is that doing? You know, use the opportunity to teach. You know, if somebody is doing the rules wrong, 
be polite about it and be like, hey, you know, this is actually the way it's supposed to go. You know, if you've got the rules there, you know, go through it with them or something. Instead of being like, you're stupid, you know, this is wrong and you're cheating and, you know, getting yeah. upset about stuff. So. Yeah, yep. And that just that goes hand in hand with, you know, if you win a game, be a good winner. If you lose mm-hmm. a game, be a good loser. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Don't just, you know, bring your attitude wherever you go, you know. Um, one of the things I liked when one of the times where we went to our local game store and we ha- and they were having a little magic tournament, there was one guy in particular. He was a little a little bit of a know it all, but he was actually very good at teaching you different things. He was like, you know, I know that you know that this happened to you or whatever, but here let me show you what happened. You know, right. and that that I thought was pretty cool. It was mm-hmm. like, not only was it was it like I'm here to win, but it's also this is what you could do better. And Mm -hmm. and that's where in the gaming community, what I like, I like when people can say, oh, hey, good, you know, like, um, in that same magic tournament that we had, you know, there was a couple of, there was a couple of younger kids that were like, oh, hey, good game. I'm Mm -hmm. like, you're this young and you can say that, but I know people that are my age or older that can't, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, wow, good on you, you know? So, well, yeah, I mean, it just all goes to, goes along with pretty much all of you that have been at a game store, you've probably been picked on at some point in your life. Yeah. Guaranteed. So don't turn it around and start belittling the other people that maybe you don't think are as cool at your game store. Yep. You know, I mean, they've all, all been through it. You have to. No reason to pass on the hatred. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, that, you know, that... There's a lot of things now that are dorky, nerdy, whatever, that are way popular now, you know? So some of these people that have been picked on when they were younger are turning into the bullies, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, you know what, let's not let's not be those people. Let's, let's be those people that are, like you said, here to teach, here to learn, here to be nice. I mean, nothing, nothing really comes out when you're, when you have a negative attitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some things where, like, if you want to stand up for yourself, if something bad has happened, I can understand that. But if you come through with a, this a holier than thou negative attitude, everybody deserve or everybody deserves to listen to me. It's not gonna it's not gonna make anything better in your life. Yep. So why do it? Yeah, you know, it's always good to to teach other people. I always enjoy seeing when the game stores have you know all the little kids playing some game, even if it's Pokemon or whatever. It's really yep. cool to see that beginning spark of a gamer you know yep. and it's cool to support it instead of being like oh they're playing pokemon over there yeah and that's you know? a, that's a good point that was something i was gonna pick up to like i i know that we we in the past even on this podcast we picked on stuff you know mm-hmm. but you know that's not a good way to do it you know don't pick on something before you've played it you know if, if it's something that's not your cup of tea tell people you know just be like sorry this is just not what i want but don't you know, don't come with this attitude that, you know, oh, like, you know, with me, I I don't, I still do not understand Pokemon. I just, I don't. But it's a pro- not a product of my time, really, you know? It yeah, was, I didn't mind it. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is fine, you know? It's to, to each his own, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's something that I just never got into and, and nothing that, for some reason, never entered my life until we were kind of you know, talking about Pokemon on on our po- podcast, and we were dealing with the cards, and I've heard of it, I've seen a little bit, 
you know, Logan liked to watch a little bit. We actually read one of the books, which was, to me, agonizing because I had to read from back to front because that's how you read a manga. But, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I can't, I can't front people for that because, you know, people have their every, you know, all their things that they like, you know. I love Star Wars. I love Transformers, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, if somebody hates that, I'm going to be like, whatever. If you don't like it, that's fine. It's just, that's my love, so whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and the same thing with games, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that, you know, maybe I talk to somebody about having this podcast and they're like, who cares? You know, (laughs) it's like, well, I do, but, you know, if you don't like it, that's fine, you know. I respect that, you know, there's probably something else that fills your time, so. We're just saying, be nice, people. Come yep. on. Yep. <laughs> All right. We well, won't always be nice, though. It's just that's we're true. Saying it. That is true. <laughs> well, we won't always be nice, will we? I'm sure we will pick on things in the we'll, future, yeah, so don't go well to it. Yeah. <laughs> and don't take and don't take super offense to it either, because most of the time we're just kidding around, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing malicious. Enough. When I rip on the smelly kid, I've been the smelly kid. <laughs> so, yep, you know. exactly. We've. Everyone's been the smelly kid. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Unless, unless you're godlike or something. So, all right. Well, I think we've talked about as much as we can about that. So. Uh, hopefully, that was very inspiring to you. But it's a good conversation. If there's anything that we left out again, just uh, reach us at mfgcast3 at gmail.com or get on Twitter at mfgcast and let us know what you think. And now we'll get into the review. Now to the review, people. We're going to be talking about Evolution by North Star Games. Um, it's uh, ages 10 and up. You can play 2 to 6 players, and the playtime is about an hour 60 minutes. It's a fun little game, and I will, since it's Mike's game, I will let him describe it. Alright. Pretty much Evolution was a game that I had seen an ad for a Kickstarter a while ago on Board Game Geek. Like, it was just a banner there, and I clicked on it just to check it out because... I've always liked the prehistoric type stuff, evolution, combining creatures and stuff like that, you know. Um, And what this is, is that you create creatures, you have your own little board, each creature that you make has a little board that's got a body size and population, numbers 1 through 6 on it, and you start as a 1-1 in both of those. Um, and you get a small hand of cards, and they all have different traits that a different creature might have. So there's a carnivore, or there's a long neck, like a long neck dinosaur would have. A um, whole bunch of different things. And you can combine these traits to make a creature. Um, with the two-player game that we've been playing, you can have two traits. With the three-player or more game, you can have three traits. Oh, see, now I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember that. That's pretty. That's because cool. we never played it three-player. So it'd be nice to play. <laughs> Somebody play with us, please. Yeah. yeah. So, pretty much, you just—it's a strategy of how you're going to make your creature and how you're going to survive, um, because you have to collect enough food to feed your population. You have spots. There's six spots on the card that are where you put your food. After you do your putting down traits or using cards to boost your body size, your population of your creature, um, you go on to a round that there's food out, and it all depends on what cards people played earlier to supply the food pile. Um, And you go around one by one taking a piece of food and putting it on a creature. Once the food runs out of that food pile which is this 
giant, like, pond piece of cardboard in the middle of the table, which looks pretty neat. Um, once that all runs out, if you have more spots in your population, that population dies off down to wherever it's fed to. And then there's also carnivores in the game that can feed off of your creature or other creatures. You can actually feed off of your own creatures if you need to do so. Um, the only thing with carnivores is their body size has to be bigger than the creature that it's attacking. Um, when If it does successfully attack, it takes the other creature's population down one. So you can end up killing off creatures of other people, other players, that way. The thing that we both ran into more than once is we put out carnivores that weren't big enough to attack anything out there, and they died off right away at the end of the round. So it was kind of a learning curve on that, but it was funny. You know, it was yep. kind of fun to be like, oh, you're dead. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just kind of, it's very different. Um, and pretty much the way you score it is all the, that food that you take. Um, the carnivores, when they take food, they don't take food out of the middle uh, pool. They actually take food out of the, the bag where the food is normally stored as, like, meat chunks from whatever creature they attacked. They get the body size that many pieces of food and then that all goes into a bag once the round is done all those pieces of food that you got go into a bag at the end of the game the end of the game is actually whenever the cards run out of the deck which actually makes the game go pretty decently fast but once the end of the game is you count up all that food that you collected um all of the trait cards that you have left and how many creatures you have like their population i believe right it was the population yep. size number of each of those you add all that up that's your score done um so it was pretty like it it took us a little while to learn it the first playthrough was a little rough but it didn't take us that long on the second playthrough to actually be like oh i know what i'm doing you know it it was a matter of figuring out a strategy that worked for us i think but it's pretty easy to learn in a couple of plays. I like that it's very different than any game that we've played, I think. I mean, you have a lot of different aspects. You don't see a lot of games where really that it has to do with animals or anything like that, to be honest, or dinosaurs for that matter. I mean, it's not all dinosaurs, really. It's prehistoric starting out, you know, just trying to make a creature... Like, it's almost like, the way I think of it, when I was a kid, I was a bit like Napoleon Dynamite. Like, I would try and draw pictures of animals that were two different things combined. So he had the liger, you know, you'd have something with deer horns, like a jackalope, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> so it's just kind of neat, like, you're making your own little creatures. If you really wanted to go in depth, you could almost imagine up what these creatures would be like you know something that is long neck with oh i don't remember climbing just some weird climbing creature with a really really long neck you, know, mm -hmm. you picture that in your head what it is so i don't know it's just different fun kind of a learning game you know it's different than our normal like i don't know what the games that we have are a little more maybe science fiction-y and mm -hmm. that type of thing. This is a lot of... It's science. It is you know, science. It's science. It's nerdy. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy that about it. Mm -hmm. I think that's... 
it's cool that they took something like that that's a little I don't know for lack of a better term smarter mm-hmm. you know and made it into an actual game that can appeal to people that maybe aren't into sciencey things mm-hmm. so yeah yeah this game says 10 and up and it, you know for me on the fr- it's funny on the first play around I was very confused. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? What are we supposed to be? You know, what's the goal? You know, it was, it was, I don't know, for some reason I just was not getting it. Second playthrough, I was like, also light bulb, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh wow, this is okay. I I get it now. You know, it's just trying to get, you know, your body size up and your population up so you can get more food, but you also have to worry about um, how much food goes into the middle. So, you know, each round, what you do is you have a, you have as many cards as players plus one, and then when you want before you um, decide what you're gonna have, if you're gonna get another, if you're gonna uh, evolve into another animal, or if you're gonna you know bump your other your first animal up, or however many animals you have up, you have to place a food card down, and that plays in the strategy as well because it goes anywhere from I think nine was the highest to as low as like negative three you know i don't know if i can't remember the exact negative number but when you think of that you add all that together you that's a that's a definitely a really good strategy because it's like excuse me so you know if i have a bunch of big old animals here and you only have a couple of carnivores there well you know what you can start playing hey i have negative whatever Mm -hmm, and because your food's not coming from yep, your that food's food not pile, coming so. for it, and then maybe you're a little yeah. bit bigger than I am, and then you're like, you know what? You don't have any food. I'm bigger than you. Guess what? You're going down. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing that I, that makes me laugh when we were talking about uh, uh, trying to figure it out at the beginning, the carnivore thing was just so like, what the hell do we do? <laughs> you know? yeah. it was, it's very like you know. And then you know we I think we'd read about it in the instructions, but then you know Mike, you know finally you know brought it more to our attention it's like okay you your carnivore can attack anybody that is smaller than he is including yours mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was something where it's like finally you just figured out it's like okay if the other person is going to beef up their guys to where my your car, my carnivore your carnivore can't eat the other then you just make a make a small animal have that one attack that one and then you keep beefing up your you beefing up your carnivore it's crazy how long it took us to figure that out you know yep. but but again it's once you once you figure out this game it's very easy to pull out very easy to play um i would even say that hour goes goes by a lot faster mm-hmm. you know i would say you would even be under that if yep. you play it right you know and i suppose depending upon more players it probably gets a little more dicey because you have more decisions to make right um, it depends on the players at the table. It, it depends does. on how strategic and how long they need to think about their strategy. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, is like you should be able to sit and strategize on what you're going to do while somebody else is taking their mm-hmm, turn too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. For us, we it's hard for us to comment on bigger groups because we only play two players usually. So yep. yeah, yeah. Um, Another thing I'll comment is something we were talking about as far as game box and game setup. This game box and game setup is great. It really is. The components are nice. There there are cardboard pieces for the the food and stuff, but they're really nice. They're double-sided. 
um, so that like the food pieces, one side is kind of plant stuff and the other side is like a leg or different mm-hmm. things. You know, yeah. there are pieces of some creature that got eaten. They're, the bag that you put them in is a really nice like canvas, I guess, mm-hmm. bag. And each bag, there's six of them, they each have a different creature from the art on the cards on them. And the art on the cards, like the creatures, the uh, imagination of the stuff is really neat. Yep. I really enjoyed that about it. Yep. They, they really took some care. I mean, even your first player marker is this giant brontosaurus, like wooden meeple, for lack of a better term. term. Like A deeple. It, yeah. He, he towers over your normal meeple from a different game. It's like just this huge wooden thing. And it's like, that's cool. Like, yeah. you throw that in there, you know, as something different mm-hmm. so yeah the strategy's fun the uh they even have a little thing where if you look in look in your little uh they have a little cheat sheet or whatever and if you take you know if you have a scavenger or if you have like a long neck that a long neck that has warning call it it actually tells you what that name that is for that creature you know mm-hmm. and it's something that's has to do with you could probably find in a science book that tells mm-hmm. you, you know, this with this makes this kind of creature, you know? And I like that little aspect, and I'd like to see that if we actually get the expansion, if they continue to do that, because it's kind of a cute thing where it's like, you know, say you're playing with someone who's 10 years old that doesn't really know any of this, and you'd be like, okay, so what is what is a, you know, a hard-shelled burrowing creature? And you'd be, you can kind of look that up, you know, and be like, this is whatever, you know? It depends. I think some of them were funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I don't so, know if they were all very sciencey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe I'm, you know, looking past it. Maybe it's just something they made up. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not that into science, so you I know. don't. I don't know for sure. But uh, it definitely wasn't Italian. I think that's what scientific names of animals are in. Okay. If, if I know it's a different language, if it's not Italian, tell me I'm wrong and it's something else. I don't really care. I just know that it's something very fancy looking for yeah. scientific names of animals. Nice, nice. All right, well, we've pretty much talked talk this uh, pretty thoroughly, so what do you give this, Mike, on our unpatented, patented D8 scoring system? <laughs> it's so funny because I come to these and I'm just like, I never really think of my number beforehand. <laughs> I, I never think about what I'm going to talk about before. Way to prepare, well, Mike. Why? I, I like to be spontaneous about things. <laughs> I, 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 I will give it a... <laughs> I'm you not digging what? you out of this one. I'm gonna I, let that's, you... all, that's fine. I, I'm i just between two numbers, and we can't do half No system. halves. No. So, no points, no nothing. Yep. So I'm, I'm just trying to go through in my head, like, how much of a replay will it be in the future? I think I'll give it a six. Okay. Uh, and I'm so I'm kind of surprised because you were pretty high on this when we. I'm between a six it. and a seven. Okay, and I think the reason why I put it as a six is because I don't think it's probably top of the list to get out yeah. in the future. Yep, I really like it. I really like. I love the concept. Like, give me more nerdy scientific games like this, please. I'd love to see more of that because there really isn't a lot out there. I love prehistoric stuff. I mean, dinosaurs, museums, that type of stuff. I'm all about that. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's it's really cool for me. I'm just thinking, 
I give it that six because I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's one that is near the top of the list Mm -hmm. for us to get out again and play, like, a lot. I don't think that it's a game that's going to appeal to everyone. Yeah, it's definitely got a certain niche to it. Right, I don't think it's going to be a game that people are going to go to the store and be like, oh, this game looks really cool, you know, I'm going to get this compared to something that's a little more flashy, I Mm -hmm. guess. Yeah. That said, I found this at the local bookstore, like the chain bookstore, not Games by James or anything like that, which I thought was awesome for a Kickstarter game to be there rather than a game store. Yep. So... It's out there. It's yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit less than that. I'm actually going to go for a five. That being, as, as much as I think science is fascinating, it's not exactly my wheelhouse, but I do admit that this is a game that I'm glad I got to play. You know, it's it's something I would have never picked out myself because truly just looking at it, I, I don't know if I would get it just because... You just really don't know, you know. Right. If it's if it's not something that grabs you, you can't. Especially with you know something like I'm sure this is probably a fifty dollar game. You can't take a chance, you mm-hmm. know. If it's something where like you know you got it, fine, I'll play it. I'm mm-hmm. up for it, you know. But it may not be something I go for. But that being said, I did have a lot of fun playing it. Yeah, and it it will be fun in the future to play it to get more strategy on it because I still don't think I have. I quite have down what I want to do as far as strategy on it goes, but it'll be nice to see where I go from there. Right. Well, I think it's cool that you even mentioned, like, hey, if we get the expansion pack on this at some point, you know, that says something if you're thinking, oh, if there's an expansion, there's a possibility to get it. That means you'd like it enough that you would invest more money into it. Yep. That's the way I look at it. So. I think, yeah, for me, I give it a higher score because it's my niche, you yep. know, yep. where it's not yours. Yep. And that's where this game kind of might fail in some ways is because it needs to be the right niche for people to actually pick it up. Yeah. But that's, you know, a lot of games too. But I think it's got, it's really nerdy subject, you yep. know, <laughs> compared to some other things. Yeah, so. exactly. Definitely. A lot different than your Marvel Legendary or your, you know, your... Well, that's nerdy too, but nerdy in a different way. It is. It is true. <laughs> it is true. It is true. This is learning. Learning it type is. game, and it some is. people do not like learning. Yeah. Makes, <laughs> makes my brain hurt. Yeah. As soon as we played this game, I, I definitely wanted to make that a, you know, and I know Mike did too, a game to review, because it's... Not something that a lot of people would just go out and find. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to bring that to the table. You We're know? guessing a lot of you haven't heard of this game. Yeah. I, you know, like, yeah. I wouldn't have heard of it if I hadn't seen that ad at one point on Board Game Geek. Yep. And looked at the Kickstarter because it looked kind of neat. Yep. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known anything about this. No, no. And I wouldn't have known anybody. I mean, I saw it at the same bookstore that you got it from, you know, mm-hmm. and unless you had brought it to the table i wouldn't have given i wouldn't have given it even a second look so mm-hmm. you know so it's good to have you know options so and again that goes back to our whole talk on you know podcasts stuff like that you know luckily there's you know some game podcasts out like us and other people that are trying things that you maybe not have seen before you know and it and it gives you that option of like oh wow this is a thing 
that's awesome. So maybe yeah. I'll go out and try it. So if you like that kind of thing and that's your niche, we suggest going out and get it because it's it is fun. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah. All right. And that's the review. So now we're in. We're gonna be doing a fun little game. It's called, we're gonna call it the MFG Cast game. All right. So Mike doesn't even know what we're doing, which will be fun. Yep. So basically, I we're usually gonna, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I like to spur the moment on Mike, so then he hates my guts for doing it. So this is gonna be a game where. It's kind of a ripoff of Doug Loves Movies, if you guys have heard the po- podcast, but um, it's going to be a little bit different. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be I'm going to go I'm taking things off of Board Game Geek. I'm going to do three games, okay? I'm going to have you guess guess on the game. I'm going to give you clues, and I'm going to give you some pretty shitty clues to begin with, and then we'll kind of go from there. We'll see how many clues that you can get it in before you get the game. And people that are playing at home, if you've got a if you got your phone that you can keep track, if you got a piece of paper and a pencil, you can do that too. I thought this would be kind of a fun little game to play. So, you know, I'll I'll either say something about the publisher or the designer or maybe what a, a category it's in, and then I will read two reviews that are good for it and two reviews that are bad for it. Okay. Okay. All right. So, first game, Mike. The publisher is Closet Nerd Games and Redshift Games. Okay. The designers are Brian and Brent Knutson. Okay, so that's that's already... So, publisher and designer, that's two. That's two clues, because I'll never guess on any of that stuff. Okay, so you, you don't have any clue. <laughs> no. Okay. The year was 2011. Okay. And... Board Game Geek gave it, uh, the people on Board Game Geek gave it a 5.91 out of 10. So that, that's not, I won't get, the rating's not going to be a clue. Not. Yeah. So you've got designer, publisher, you're published, that's three. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit better of a clue. Categories, animals, card game, and humor. That'll just be one. Animal card game. Okay. Gamer. Also, I will I will let you know that all three of these games that we're talking about are games that we have played. Okay. Okay. So that I would guess. Okay. I'm so we got we've got four clues. Okay, he's got to guess. I'm gonna say kittens in a blender. You are correct. Yes. Kittens in a blender. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna give you your. I'll give you your. Reviews, just because I thought some of these reviews were amazing. Yeah, I don't really know how you're going to do that, because if I guess before people get a chance to move farther, yep, I'm going to beat them. You will. But if people have already guessed guessed about it before you have you know, gotten your fourth clue, then, then you know that they have done well. Apparently. Well, okay. I might be farther on clues. That one I just happened to think of. Actually, because I looked at the list of our reviews... Earlier today, so that's how I remember that. <laughs> nice, nice. The lowest score that I see on here is a, is a one, and this person says, Beyond disgusting. I love cats. The vile brothers who made this are absurd. <laughs> Come on. Have a, have a sense of humor for crying out loud. Stop picking on the gamer community, Kurt. I know. Can't help it. And then somebody said... Scores a 10 on cuteness. That's <laughs> that's a 10. Okay. Oh. 
I'll give you another good one. Simplest game I have ever played. That gives it a 10? Oh, yes. I don't think so. That is weird. Trek. This is a 1. Trek. I was never interested in playing this game, and for good reason. All my expectations, nothing, and then some were met. <laughs> like, wow! <laughs> These people are just That's really, funny. just really wanting to take it to the house. Oh, wow. It's crazy. All right. So you scored a four on Kittens and a Blender. Well done, sir. Woo-hoo. All right. Now we'll go to the next one. The next one is made. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to go by I'm not gonna go by that yet. The designer is Devin Lowe. That's one. Artist. I will give you a few of the names because there's a lot. Some of the artists on this game are Bien Flores, Nigel Rayner, and Brian Tots Valeres. <laughs> there's two. Okay. okay. This game was published in 2012. That's three. I'm going to give you some... Actually, I'm going to go to the reviews first before I get into the other clues. This is a 10. Looks like my top game of 2013, even though it was a 2012 game. No real contest. Okay. Okay. So that's four. This person gives it a 10. Really enjoyed my first three plays of this. Tripping with theme, lots of choices, and fun player interaction. Any clue? Nope. Okay. So now that we gave you that, I'll go back. I'll go back to some of the more obvious clues here. It got some honors from from uh, Board Game Geek, 2013 Golden Geek Best Card Game nominee, and it also got from Origins 2013 Origins Best Traditional Card Game nominee. Legendary, legendary. Marvel Legendary. You're correct. Woo-hoo. Nice. I knew that very first guy's name, too. I just didn't, couldn't place it. Devin Lowe. Devin Lowe. Yeah. Nice. All right. So that was seven by my count. Woo-hoo. So let's see if you guys did any better. I'm sure you did. <laughs> All right. And here's your last one. This game was designed by Dominic Krapuchets. Evolution. Oh, he sees it right on... (laughs) Because earlier I was looking at that because this guy's last name is Crap U Chats. C-R-A-P-U-C-H-E-T-T-E-S. And it just made me think of Crap U Chats. Crap U Chats. Poor guy. Sorry, Dominic. I'm sure you probably... I'm guessing by the names on here... They're probably probably European, so uh, nobody's probably called that. It looks like it is could even be Russian. There's a Dominic or a Dimitri and a Sergey. Oh yeah. So True that. Uh, sorry for my stereotypes and all, but that just makes me think of Russia or nice. something very Eastern yeah. Europe. So should have hit the box before you said it, but I guess No, I already read that before. Okay, so. good. Alright. Well I'm guessing nobody is gonna get get past you on nope, that one clue again. <laughs> It was almost a half clue. I didn't even read the other people. <laughs> so, so I thought that'd be kind of fun. I thought we could do that every once in a while and see if anybody knows their uh, knows their games. Uh, this was actually scored a seven point two five out of ten. So a lot of people seem to like it. Wow, cool. I actually want to see what some of the people say. And I forgot to read some of this stuff, but uh, someone gave it a ten and said, "Simple but deep, exciting card resource management game, a must-have." 
really like that. The game is super easy to teach, simple, mecha simple mechanisms with huge depth, and plenty of typical uh, tactical play. A winner. That's a 10. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the not-so-good. See what, see what they say on that. Which I think it's funny, some of these, they have people talking about it, but then they don't rate it. I hate that. It's like, just rate the game. You know, if... You know, if it's one of those, like, I'm gonna get it later, whatever, it's like, don't put it on here yet, you know? Interesting. Um, someone gave it a, the lowest rating it has on here is a 2. Too much take that, carnivores, and too much reading of cards, and ultimately non-engaging gameplay. So that person really did not like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we're pretty com comparable to that. Since it's what seven point two five, you said yeah, out of ten, and we're out of eight, so we're like five point five out of eight. I would guess mathematically. I hate math, but that's <laughs> probably somewhere in the same percentage. Somewhere seven point two five out of ten and five point five out of eight. So we're pretty close to what that is. Well, this I don't agree. This guy rated it a th um, says, Evolution is chock full of elements I don't like in a game. Lots of cards that players need to know up front. Check. Stalling and turtling are valid and successful actions, although I hesitate to call them strategies. Check. Targeted player, targeted player attacks. Check. Strong incentive to further feed on those who are down. Check. Uninteresting and obvious strategies. Check. Not for me. Check. Check. <laughs> <laughs> Check this. No, I I don't know. I I can understand if you're not into it. I don't agree with him when it says the when he is like downplaying the strong incentive to further fee on those who are not. Well, of course, it's a it's an animal versus animal game. Of course, that's going to happen. You know, the the mediators are going to attack the mediators. The other the the ones that aren't are going to either defend themselves or just you know eat their plants. You know, so I don't understand why that's such a no, it's just Negative their thing. style of game. You yep. know, like, there's different styles of games that I don't really care for either, so yep. I can understand it, whatever. Okay. Gotcha. You know. So, alright. Well, there was that. There was that game. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I know Mike did. Uh -huh. <laughs> alright, and that's it for episode 33. I just wanted to um, take a little time um, out of the end of this uh, episode here to say, even though we're going to be recording an episode next month um, beginning of next month actually is our three, three year anniversary of MFG wow. Cast. been doing this for three fucking years people <laughs> and it's been fun just wanted to thank some people uh, right off the bat just wanted to thank Rick for um, having, the, or having the idea in his head at the exact same time I did to come into this and you know try to start out this uh shitty little podcast to start out with that was just us on shitty microphones trying not to sound like there's whistling in the air and electricity flowing through each mic and uh and being able to start this up and bring it to what is today thanks to redshirt chain who had not really had a lot of time on his hands but was able to uh help us out when we when we needed him he's been mm -hmm. on a few of the podcasts um, a couple of the game, or actually every every year we have our you know game day basically where we try to do stuff for charity and he's been involved in that even though he's been really busy with school and we very very much appreciate that thanks bud. Um, we've had some uh, other guest commentators like uh, Adam and Sean uh, White Morph 
and you know we've had some uh, amazing guests that have come on like uh, Mr. Bonacore, the people from Albino Dragon, some newer people like Adam Waite from Neon Sanctum. Uh, we've had the pleasure of talking with Rich fucking Summer of all people from Mad Men. A hell of a guy, a hell of a gamer. So it was nice to be able to talk to him and everyone else that we've talked to through Twitter and through Facebook. And hopefully I'll, me and my wife will be able to see you at Gen Con. Just everybody that's been able to um, make this thing a reality. And also a, a big special thanks to Mike, who's been able to stick through this. And even though he doesn't, still doesn't know what the fucking podcast is doesn't listen to it at all he's been uh been a real trooper and has been able to stick by and even though i've been you know oh hey let's do this you know and i could see the rolling in his eyes he's been able to stick with that and he's had a lot of great ideas and it's turned uh this shitty little podcast into something that's made it into something that we could really be proud of and lastly i'd like to give a huge shout out to you guys i mean if it wasn't for you guys we wouldn't be doing it. I mean, we'd probably be still doing it just to hear ourselves talk, you know? Or and for you to hear us talk. Yeah! Because <laughs> you don't listen! Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> no, I actually don't even listen to it that much anymore. <laughs> when I'm editing, I listen to it, but that's about it. But, uh, but yeah, thanks for listening, and to everybody that's re- reached out to us, thank you very much, and let's continue... Let's continue to uh, let's continue to get our motherfucking game on. So, and thanks to you, Kurt, for keeping it going. Oh, thank you, sir. Yes. So, until next month. Hold on, I gotta promote my thing here. Wait. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Mike. So, I decided to start a blog, and I actually joined Twitter. Old so, man joined Twitter. I know. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm hoping it's dying soon, but at least I joined it. I am twenty sided marble. Which is the number 20, so 2-0, Sided Marble, on Twitter. So if you see me, like, whatever, retweet or whatever you do on Twitter, yep. I have to figure that out yet because I just <laughs> did it today. Um, but if you see that on the MFG cast, that is me. So that's who's commenting on there. And I also made a website, 20sidedmarble.com, and I'm going to have a blog on there. I'm going to talk about game stuff. I'm going to kind of recap a little bit about what we're talking about on the podcast i'm going to review other things that we maybe haven't reviewed you know like maybe video games that you know are on playstation that kurt can't play stuff like that or review movies do top 10 lists of stuff that i like talk about disney world i'm going to talk about my wife and i have an essential oil business i'm going to talk about that's for your health i'm going to talk about what i've done being a gamer how i've used that just all sorts of stuff so just fun stuff that i like and hopefully you're interested take a look at it it'll be fun so 20 side marble.com okay and then it's at 20 sided marble no underscores or anything like that right yeah it's all one word it's two zero sided Sided. marble all one thing together perfect no hyphens nothing pretty perfect and you'll 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 catch on to twitter pretty quick it's basically yelling out Nobody yelling back, and then... <laughs> no. no just posting every day, I farted. <laughs> Hashtag oh, fart. Oh, believe me. There's more of that than you would think. <laughs> That's probably my plan. And there's probably more people t- retweeting that than somebody talking about world peace. Yep. So. But, uh, again, thanks everybody for listening. And until next month, I'm Kurt. He's Mike. I'm Mike. All right. Yeah. Have a good month. We'll Bye. see you next time. 
Now this is a story all about how our tables got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, tell you how we became princes of a town called Eau Claire. In North Gold Claire, both born and somewhat raised on the tabletop is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, not cool at all, shooting some dice outside of the school. When a couple of guys who are no up to no good started playing games in my neighborhood. I got one little dungeon fight and my mom got scared. She said, you move into Mike's basement and now get over there. I whistled for a cab, but when it came near, the license plate said MFG cast and it had DA dice in the mirror. If anything, I could say that this cab was rare, but I thought, nah, forget it, you're home, so Mike's Leia. I pulled up to the house about 7 or 8, and I yelled to the cabbie, you're home, we'll smell you later. I looked at my kingdom, I was finally there to sit on our thrones as the princess of motherfucking Eau Claire.